been been more than close to two years now. Uh, I think we will we will keep praying that we will meet uh, the Lord uh, and fellowship with one another. If you've been keen on listening to what Pastor Prem read uh, in the beginning of the service and uh, listening to the lyrics and worshiping the Lord, I think you got the message of this morning. I think it is um, uh, wonderful uh, how the Spirit of God knits our hearts together. That's the whole message. I did not speak to them, but looks like they 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 took the today's text and today's verses and there's going to be a beautiful harmony god is with us god will never leave us no matter what happens uh, he's always there the presence of god is so discreet and sometimes we need the strength of the spirit and his discernment and his and his thoughts to just baptize us to know that he's he's there and his love will never fail for this morning's uh, uh, meditation for for us i um chose one word um, for all of us. And uh, you know, the last week it's been like this. And how many of you got wet in the rain? Can I see a thumbs up there? You got wet in the rain. Um, and Pastor Prem called up yesterday and uh, was talking about a horrendous travel that he had uh, from Tirupati. And uh, he called up and, and he was so concerned about uh, the videos that were shared and, and the whole region there. Uh, flooded uh, beyond measure and in, in how people were trying to rescue one another, the buses, the cars, and, and the, all the automobiles just being swayed away. And this was the whole week, and we all know. And then I just sat down. I mean, I wanted to go out, wanted to get this done. Nothing was moving and sitting and looking at the rain. It's raining, not raining, sometimes raining. You know, And then you have all the reports trying to say red alert, green alert, orange alert, whatnot alerts, you know. Uh, just imagine 20 years ago, we didn't get all these alerts and we used to somehow wade our way through. Uh, and then this was the week for us. Then I thought I'll just um, share a, a, a sermon on rain. And then I sat down, I started preparing on rain. I collected some thoughts on that. Then I understood that the rain causes something to come uh, in the sky. And so this is the message for today. Rainbow. <laughs> I have, I have, I've shared a little probably for the children and the young people on the rainbow, but but I took some time out uh, to to meditate on this word rainbow, and probably it occurs in three books of the Bible. That is all. And and uh, what a word! And what uh, the songs that we sang. You know, the last song: oceans, clouds, storms, floods, thunders. I was just making a little note on when Ramya was leading there. And the whole week has been like that, all over the news and all over the country, but well within the rainbow. You know how rainbow, um, covenant, rain, remember rainbow. These are the three words that we will meditate today. And I pray God's word will bless our hearts and give us hope. And uh, all that we read, I think we're going to cap it up with uh, the verse that we read in the beginning as Pastor Prem was leading the service. Now, every time you think about a rainbow, you can get onto your chat box. I think children might be there. Uh, what comes to your mind when you think of a rainbow? Nothing short of the ark, the ark of God. Make a note of the ark because we're going to close it up with the ark and, and, and keep this picture, keep this picture very vividly in your mind. Ark, whenever you think of the ark, we all know the story of Noah, the flooding that happened and the destruction that, the, the catastrophic destruction that hit the earth, you know, close to 6,000 years ago. 
And all of Noah's story is in Genesis 6, 7, 8, 9, four chapters. Now, I don't want to get into the story, but I just want to show you an arrangement uh, that the Bible scholars would put these stories, this whole story in a, in, in, in a, in a, in a manner uh, that is quite interesting. And so the arrangement, just watch this, the arrangement is called the chiastic arrangement. Don't worry about the word. All the four chapters are arranged in a beautiful literary uh, way, manner. And this arrangement is called the chiastic. What is chiastic? What is chiasm and chiastic? What that arrangement in writing? Just like you have sonnet, sonnet is 14 line poem. And then you have uh, 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 A, B, B, A, B, B. You have some kind of order. And so Genesis 6, 7, 8, 9, you have some kind of order there. What is chiasm? Chiasm is a repetition of a similar idea in a reverse sequence. So that means you come from A to B to C and you go from C to B to A, that's the order. So if you're getting a little confused, next slide will help us. Now, I just read that chiasm again. Chiasm is a repetition of similar ideas in a reverse sequence. Now, look at the whole of Bible. All of Bible in, 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 a, in a literary order, chiastic order. Bible begins with creation. And then you God chose Abraham through Abraham. He wanted to bless all, all the nations of the world. And then God raised up Moses from Moses, established a nation of Israel. And through that nation, you have David, his covenant, wow, his promise, his binding agreement. He remembers forever. There is no memory lapse with God. There is no decay of his gray matter. There is no way you can say God has forgotten me. There is no way God can say, "My, I'm too heavy. Can you give me an Amritanjan? There's no way God says the population on earth is increasing. I, I, I can't handle the affairs. No. Secondly, what God says, he remembers. What he said remembers. God's boundary is his word. Anything that he's written, inscribed and prescribed, he will do it. He remembers his covenant forever. There is no time machine that can stop God. There is no order that can stop God. There's no force that can stop God from forgetting. No, he remembers the promise he made for how many generations? For a thousand generations. That's the beauty of God. You know what we worship? Dear church, let's get to know. Very simple points to remember when we worship. We worship him and we proclaim and we declare his word. We worship him for his word. We worship him for his worth. And we worship him for his work. Three W's. Every time you worship God, you're, you're, you're losing your mind out. You don't know what to do. The song is happening. You're all alone. You're in the office. You're, you're out there. You're in a dry place. What do you do in worship? Remember his word. Remember his worth. Remember his works. And then things begin to come. Phrases begin to come. Adoration begins to come. Praise begins to come. And God does the same thing. He's, he's, his work is for thousand years. Not thousand years. Thousand generations. If you, if you span one generation to be 40 years. And if you put that 40 here. He remembers 40,000. 40,000 years just there. 
40,000 years and all the history that we have is 6,000 years on this planet. If you take this theory, forget about all the other theories there. But God remembers. God does not forget you. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen? May I present you? I've ever seen the angel of the Lord going to someone on the earth and telling, hello, excuse me, what is your name? <laughs> After 400 years, God goes to Moses and the first thing God tells Moses, hey Moses, 400 years. He doesn't say, who's your parents? What's your genealogy? Which nationality? Can you, can you fill up a form? Let me see your records. No, God knows you by name. God knows you. The verse that, that Ramya was, when you walk through the, I know you, you walk through the waters. I know your seasons. I know the climate. I know the weather. I don't need any forecast. I know you because I remember. One thing that God remembers is his covenant. And I want to describe on the covenant, probably, you know, the next point here. He remembers his covenant. Covenant is a binding agreement. There's no way God will detract over this word covenant. We're going to come to that couple of verses about remembering. Exodus 2.24. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant as if he's forgotten. That's for us, for us to know. He remembered what he spoke through three generations there. Abraham with Isaac and with Jacob. He remembered. He remembered that what I told this one man who came out from Ur. He left his family. He did not have his children. He took his cattle, his wife, put them on a camel, I suppose, went through a, a, a long desert journey, not knowing where to go. There was no GPS. There was no profit. There was no books to, to look at. Abraham did not have any, any, any pastor to call up. There was no church celebration. There were no services. But yet the word of God came to him and he listened. And God said, because you listened to me, you pulled out of your house, you left all the green pastures, I will lead you, I will go. I remember the covenant. There's something that I want to do. God remembers. God has not forgotten any of us. God has not forgotten your pain. God has not forgotten your tears. God has not forgotten your promises. For some of you, your parents would have made a covenant with God. Your parents would have offered you. There would be a word of prophetic utterance over your life when you were a childhood. God has not forgotten the word that has come to you. I pray that before this 2021, the boundary lines will fall in pleasant places. The promise verse for the year, in the days to come. Hold on. The days are not over. In the days to come. There is a prophecy over your life. In the days to come, something will happen to the root. Something will happen to the shoot. Something will happen to the offspring. Blessed are those who hold on to, to the word of God because he remembers the covenant. Don't give up on God too quickly. I like this verse, Exodus 3, 7 and 8. In 2013, I had a special encounter with this verse that really gave new shape to our district youth ministry. Indeed, I have seen, this is after 400 years. He comes down to, to Moses and said, I have seen the misery of my people. I have heard them crying out because of the slave drivers. I'm concerned. We have a God of concern. 
God is not just lost in the Himalayas. God is not desperate for us to sing another worship song. God is not just walking away when there is COVID. God is a God of concern. I'm concerned about their suffering. And I've come down. Come down. Come down. I, I, I don't sit in the luxuries of heaven. I come down. I come down because of covenant. I come down because of promise. I come down. I, I, I'm not walking away from you. I'm just, no one can sit down and say, God has forgotten me. God has not solutions for my, for my crisis. My crisis is too big that Bible cannot handle. No way. Look at, we have a God who sees. <laughs> he saw Hagar in the wilderness being chased out. If I were there, we couldn't justify what Abraham did. But God said, let me go one step further. The little boy, Ishmael, I mean, what mistake did he do? He came out of a different relationship that God did not authorize. And this boy was dying, Genesis 21. This boy was crying. Mommy put him to the side. Hagar put him to, to the side and she went away. She said, I cannot tolerate this boy. I don't know what to do. I have no water, not a single drop. I'm dying. The Bible says God heard the cry of a baby. God, God of heaven stopped. Probably she prayed, who's the father? Lord, I don't know what Abraham is doing. I'm alone. I don't have, this, this boy does not have a dad. I don't know where to go dig a well and find a water. Is there anybody? Oh God, God heard the cry of the, not Hagar there, cry of Ishmael, a baby's cry. Out of all the noises in the world, God can fine tune his ear to a cry of an infant. My goodness. Whenever it comes to the Bible, God gives attention to the cry. I cried to the Lord and he heard my cry. Cry does not have grammar. You don't have to go to a school of crying. Cry somehow turns the frequency of, a, of the heart to a voice that touches even heaven. There's something about brokenness. There's something about tears. Jesus could come and weep with Mary and Martha, something that broke him out of compassion, cry. God sees your tears. He hears 400 years of crying. And he said, I'm concerned. I'm not going to be, be quiet. The days are coming. I remember my promise. I remember my covenant. I'm coming down. Sometimes our children ask, Daddy, when is the COVID getting over? When are I going to get back to school? What about this? Today morning at the, at the dining table, Shreya telling, Daddy, if at all we get a new house, we need swimming pool. I said, what, what, what's happening to you? No, we need swimming pool, Daddy. We are unable to go out anywhere. I said, are there not many other important things? If that is very important to you, Papa, you pray. You pray God will give. <laughs> Concern. Babies cry. What are the things that concerns? God has not given up on us. I have come down. This, this is an earth-shaking statement for God to come down to rescue. Right in the middle of the rain, the flood, the thunders, God remembered Noah. said, I'm going to come down. I'm going to do something about this. Right in the middle of harsh slavery, unending pain, sweat, sorrow, lashes. When will we get our own house? 
When will we get our own property? When is that land of milk flowing with, with honey or land flowing with milk and honey? When will we get the promise? What about Abraham? What about Isaac? What about Jacob? What about the stories of the old? What about ancestors? What about God remembers? God remembers. We are praying for land as a church. We are praying that God would meet. The mission team is meeting every Tuesday. We are crying out to God over this region and over the territory. God, do something. Do you think God has forgotten? God has not forgotten. And I pray that today that will just warm your heart to worship him more. God has God not forgotten. He remembers for 40,000 years. He remembers for a thousand. He cannot forget. He cannot forget. Hannah prayed bitterly. Her vocabulary was so, so, so unassuming that, that the high priest could not decipher the syllables. And he said, you are drunk. And she said, the bitterness of my soul, who understands? The pain, who understands? I come to the house of worship, but Penina becomes a rival. She's so jealous of me. She doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to bless me. Right in the house of worship, I'm so depressed. Hannah prayed bitterly. God heard prayer. He remembers. He remembers. He remembers. So every time you see rain, remember. If someone is next to you, tap one and say, remember. Rain means remember that God is not forgotten. Remember, God is not forgotten. What has God not forgotten? Let me just go straight to the next slide. This is what God tells Noah. Right after coming out of the ark, Noah, in Genesis chapter 9, he builds an ark. Or altar, should I say. An altar. Altar is a meeting place. Altar is a place to engage with God. And so he says, God, I want to meet with you. And after that whole episode, this is what God tells Noah and his sons. I hereby confirm my covenant with you. My covenant. I confirm my covenant with you. And to your descendants and to the animals who are on the boat with you, on the ark with you. All the animals, all the living creatures. I in fact, God was looking down and trying to say, you know what? I, I think I need, I need to do something about this. I'm not happy the way everything got wiped out. Yes, I'm confirming my covenant. Second time, I'm confirming my covenant. Never again. What is it? Never again will the floodwaters kill any living creatures. Never again. Never again. A flood will destroy the earth. Never again. Every time you see a huge rain, and we sing songs like this, when the oceans rise, when the thunders roll, when there are flooding, when everything you see on the images watching, just get to know beyond them, there is a covenant that God has established through the rain, through the storm, through the pain. Never again. Whenever you see flood, meditate on that. Never again will I kill living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. God knew that we were wicked. I think, is it, is, it, is it Genesis chapter 8, if you have your Bible next to you? Genesis chapter 8, verse 21, right after building an altar, the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. 
from this man when he offered that sacrifice when he executed the plan and obeyed God and he offered that sacrifice the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart never again will I curse the ground because of human me even though every inclination of the thought of human heart is evil from childhood I know <laughs> Being human, there are certain symptoms. Being born, that's what Pastor Prem said in the opening statement. All have sinned, whether you're involved in an act of sin or not, you've sinned <clears throat> by nature. This is, this is the problem with that. This is the problem. 821 is the problem. From the childhood, the thoughts are evil all the time. And God said, I'm going to make a solution. I'll make a way. I'll make a way. And he pleasing aroma and he said I know this is this wickedness is that this symptom is there it's symptom as we are so vulnerable to sin that's what we are and God said I want to do something about it because I'm pleased with you and he said I want to make a covenant watch this word covenant friends watch this word and he said I want to make a covenant right now I've seen how destructive it has been on the planet never again I will kill all the creation with the flood Verse 12 onwards, please. I'm giving you a sign of my covenant. Yeah, a sign. Symbol, sign of my covenant with all the living creatures for all the generation to come. That is even today, November 2021, for all generations. He remembers his covenant for all generations. What is the covenant? I have placed uh -huh, my rainbow. This really, you know, do you have those phrases to say, hit me, spoke to me, you know, gave a spark in my eyes. This is the one, my rainbow. My goodness, there is God, God owns the rainbow. God personalizes and seeks. It's not, it's not some rainbow. It's not a rainbow that came and appeared in history after a moment of rain and sunlight. No, my rainbow. He said, I will cause my rainbow and I will place my rainbow in the clouds. I have placed. That means I orchestrate this covenant and I'm giving you a sign. I place my rainbow. It's beyond natural science. It is God orienting the elements of the earth. He presides over them. He dictates what they need to be speaking. I think we need to have a higher level of imagination to understand these texts and to know that God is speaking to us in our times and in our generation. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It will be a sign of my covenant. You have the word covenant again. With you and all the earth. Every time you look at the rainbow, right after the rain, the droplets, the sunlight, the prism, the, the, the uh, dispersion of light, you see that, that whole rainbow, it speaks about covenant. Covenant, covenant, my covenant, sign of my covenant with, with you and with all the earth. When I send the clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds. I will send the clouds over the earth. The rainbow will appear in the clouds. Without rain, you won't get rainbow. Thank God, we pray for the rains. There are floods. There are clouds. 
There are times where we say, stop the rain. There are times we play, Lord, let it rain. But there is a higher dimension to it, to the mystery of the rainbow. I will send the clouds over the earth. The rainbow will appear in the clouds. And I will remember. Whenever there's a rainbow, God says, I will remember my covenant. I remember my covenant when there's a rainbow. How much more we need to remember? <laughs> Whenever there's a rainbow, I'm just imagining it's not there in the scriptures. And I hope you won't be upset with me. God is having a good garam chai and remembering the rainbow. And whenever there's a rainbow in the sky, God, God, God is having a good evening. Remembering his covenant. Hey, I made a promise to you. I made a promise to this family. I made a promise to this church. I made a promise to this generation. I've got something to do. My work is unfinished. If God, who's beyond this memory thing, Brings to, brings to memory his work for us. How much more we need to trust him every time there's a rainbow. Every time there's a rainbow, we got to run to his covenant to know God is at work in my life. There is a plan that God wants to execute in my life. Something is not finished. The water, the flood could have finished me. Thank God for the rainbow. There's an extension. Thank God for the rainbow. There is a breath of life. Thank God for the rainbow. He remembers that he's got to do something in my life. Amen. Whenever there's a rainbow, get to know that there's an extension for your life. The floods come and sweep things away. But rainbow puts you on the track with God. I remember my covenant. My agreement, my binding, my promise with them, with you and all the creatures. What? I will not destroy you. I will not destroy. I give you life. I give you extension. I will not destroy you. I remember you. When I see the rainbow in the cloud, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every creature. Then God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is a sign of covenant. Two words that stand out. Four times you have this word, rainbow. Probably six times you have this word covenant. Whenever you see a rainbow, think of the covenant. Another spelling for rainbow is covenant. Promise. Let's understand what is this covenant. So first is God remembers. God remembers right through the thick of the storm. God remembers. He's not forgotten you. He's not forgotten us. The years are passing by. 2021 started. The promise was declared. We've got the word. We've seen some of the worst times in our lifetime. But God has not forgotten us. He's given us an extension. There is a promise. I pray the words that are coming out today will, will be an impetus for 2022. God has not forgotten us. God has got a covenant placed over us. What he has spoken, he will establish, even if it takes time, even if it takes 400 years, even if it takes another generation, he cannot forget what he has spoken in your life. There is no way God can defraud himself. He's a God true to his word. What a God we worship. Amen. What a God we serve. Give him the glory. Give him the honor. Let him be the God of your life. That's why faith is a substance. That substance comes from the word. On the word you stand. Faith is something that you believe what he has spoken for in the future. You have a hope and the hope will not cut you off. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Let me go to the next word. Covenant. covenant a quick word about the covenant what is covenant 
for any lasting relationship, the most important component is covenant. Whenever you have the word covenant, you got to bring that word relationship, agreement. It's God like a lover pursuing us. And he's made a way for us to pursue him. So whenever you have the word covenant, you have the word love there again. As we sang this morning, we sang, your love is amazing. Then we sang the hymn of love. We begin to bask in his love. Whenever you have a covenant, you have relationship and relationship is love. You got, you got to get those, get, get those three. Let me get straight here. Relationship and that relationship. So whenever God established a covenant, that means he wants to get down to say, can we be friends? Can we have a relationship? I want to be your father. Can, can you be my child? I want to adopt you. I hope you remember that Romans chapter 8 passage that we have. That whole series that pastor preached on that. That's, that's what whole thing covenant. What is covenant? In fact, the, 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 the three words. Let me go ahead. In Hebrew, it is berith. In Greek, it is deatheke. In English, it is testament. In fact, the Bible that you hold is divided into Old Testament, New Testament. In other sense, old covenant, new covenant. Old binding, new binding. The word covenant means bind, stitched, knitted together. Almost inseparable. That's why even marriage is a covenant. God takes the words of the bride and the words of the bridegroom and he adds his words and makes it an adhesive that is so strong and so binding that it becomes a covenant. The word covenant calls for high level of commitment from party A to party B, from God to man. And here, almost all the times in the scriptures, God makes a covenant with man and not reverse. God gets on to high level of commitment with you. No wonder his name is Elkanah. Elkanah means as a jealous God. He cannot see you flirting. God cannot tolerate flirting. No wonder James chapter 4, 4 and 5. He says, how come you are friends with the world? The moment you are friends with the world, you become enemy with God. God has caused his spirit to jealously long for us. God cannot see you kissing the world and coming to the house and say, Lord, I worship you. No way. Because we are covenanted. With him, we are bound with him. We are knitted with him. That's the covenant. I need to hurry up for the, for the want of time. But I just want to explain one aspect of covenant. I will skip this slide and go to this. This is very important, friends. And so th th this, is, this is the mystery that we need to understand. Very simple. We've been celebrating month after month. This is going to be there till the Lord comes. So I think we have spoken this many times in our congregation and our church. But I want to underline this today. There are three things involved when it's blood covenant. There are many other covenants, but I want to speak on the blood covenant and bring it down to, 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 to what we got to learn and what we do and, and the, the, the worthiness and the essence, how costly and priceless is this covenant. The blood covenant involves three things. It involves sacrifice, it involves blood, and it involves death. Without these three elements, you don't ratify a covenant. 
And uh, best example is Genesis 15, how God establishes this agreement, this relationship, this promise, this binding. There are many words to it and how God establishes that. And he tells Abraham, I want you to cut these animals. Five different animals, three animals and two birds. And he says, cut them. Drain the blood. You see, this became a pool of blood. Call it a river of blood, a stream of blood. And God said, I will walk fire and smoking pot. I will walk in a covenant. What does this mean? This means that I'm making a promise and I walk through them. If I break this binding, may I become like one of these animals. So God called Abraham and said, slip these animals into two, make them into halves, put one next to the other. And I want to make a promise. My promise is, watch this friends, this, this is interesting. My promise is that I will extend your generations. My promise is that I will give you descendants. My promise is look up the stars in the sky and look at the grain of sand on the seashore. My promise is for generations. Now, why generations? We're going to come to that. Why generations? That's a blessing. Can I pause here to say God's blessing moves from one generation to the other generation? The womb is the place of the kingdom. The womb is a place where kingdom propels. Womb is sacred. Womb is sacred. When this world, when, 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 the, when the woman has a child or is pregnant outside marriage and aborts the first child, the firstborn, which belongs to God, is already gone. The womb is so sacred that God chooses the fruit of the womb. That's the promise for our church this year. The fruit of the womb will propel the design and the decrees of the kingdom. Abraham's descendants is a big promise for Christ to come. God says, I will bless you so much so that 42 generations after, I still have got a plan for you. I'm not finished with you, Abraham, just because you have one son. No, I'm making a covenant. I will bless your generation because my kingdom moves. The future of AG, AG is not just us. The future is all those children. They are the future. They propel the kingdom. This message is not for me and for us. The preaching, I, I've, I've made it my, I, I put it in my mind to say that when I preach, I just not preaching to the present tense. Let the word go to the future tense. Awaken, oh God, a generation who will catch because let the kingdom propel to the next. That's the promise of the covenant. We worship the son of, the son of God, the next, the offspring, the seed, the son of God has the promise. Next month, we're going to celebrate the son of God. His birth on the earth. Because the next generation carries that victory. I pray that we will not miss out on that. Cutting the covenant. Blood. Sacrifice. Blood and death. This is the manner in which God established that blood covenant. Let me give you two examples as we go very quickly. The blood covenant. God. I need to, I need to say through this covenant. I missed all this. Through this covenant. 
God used a very strange word here. I did not set my affection on you because you were two numerous people talking to the Israelites than the others. For you were the fewest of people. When God chose Israelites, there were Babylonians, there were Egyptians, there were Assyrians. But God said, let me choose the fewest nomads. When they came to Egypt, they were smelling too much that they said, no, you don't have to mingle with us. We'll give you a separate land, the land of Goshen. You're too few. But God says, I place my affection. Look at the heart of God, the love of God, that he made a covenant with the fewest of people. But it was because the Lord loved you. This love, is, this love is a little different. When we say your love is amazing, there's something amazing of his love. That he kept his oath to the ancestors. That he brought them out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from slavery, from the power of Pharaoh. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He's faithful God. Keeping his covenant of love. I told you, you got to establish the covenant with sacrifice, with blood and with death. And he says covenant of love. The Hebrew word for this love is called Ahava. And this love, this covenant of love, look at that, another covenant. We've read that verse in Psalm 105. For a thousand generations, let's say 40,000 years. I'm not going to forget love. I'm not going to forget the covenant of love because I established that covenant in my blood. We're going to come to that again. Sacrifice, blood and death. And that with which I will ratify a covenant of love. And I'm going to keep that covenant for a thousand years to all who love me. What is love here in Hebrew? The love used in Deuteronomy 7, the Hebrew word is Ahava. The word Ahava means I love you in spite of. It goes beyond filial love, eros love. It goes beyond husband and wife love. It goes beyond romantic love. It goes beyond friends love. It goes beyond uh, mommy and daddy's love. You know, it, it goes beyond that. Our love has got condition. I love you if your nose is good, if you've got a good salary, you're coming from a good family, you've got good credentials, you've got good academia, I love you. And we look at all that in our, in our marriage proposals. We look at all that in make, trying to make a big, big promise. But when God looked at Israel, he said, I love you because I love you. I love you in spite of. And that's what God made that covenant even with Noah. In spite of. In spite of all the wickedness I see in man, I love you. What a love. Isn't that love amazing? <laughs> Quickly on this. God tells Abraham to test him. In Genesis chapter 22, Abraham, will you take your son, man? Not the other son. Huh? You take your son, the son that you love very much. You buy chocolates and ice cream and you buy all those things from the shop for him, his pants and, and, and shoes and whatnot. You take his son and you can, you can you express the covenant in love with me? That's the whole idea. It's not, God was not just having some fun to see. He was not a sadist. 
He was not a bloodthirsty God to see his son. No, no, no. He's trying. I hope you understand these pieces. Can you take your son, put him as a sacrifice, spill his blood, and then put him to death just to tell me that you love me, you fear me, you obey me. That was, he was wrestling. He didn't share with his wife. Some of the testings of God in your life are whispers in your heart. There was no loud angel. There was no man trying to tell him to take his son. He could have simply put it off the whispers of his heart and slept and said, no problem, Lord. You think you're going to ask me to take my son and kill him on the mountain? No, that was an expression of love. God was trying to tell Abraham, I've kept my covenant with you. And I want you to do something because I want to see if you love me, fear me, honor me, obey me. Take your son, love me the covenantal way. Oh my. You think Sarah would have allowed him if he told the whole blueprint? She would have imposed section 144 and said, you're not going anywhere. I'm almost 100 and something and you want to take the son and do all these things? Forget, give a clap offering to the Lord and settle it. Abraham took him. Right there, almost slit the throat between the neck and the knife. God said, there's a ram. Stop the story. Now I know, Abraham, that you love me the covenantal way. Now I know you fear me. Now I know that you obey me. And God sat him down and said, I want to bless you. I want to bless your descendants. And I'm going to bring my own son and merge it with your genealogy and with your lineage. I've got a plan. It's not over. I'll make a covenant with you. I'll make a covenant and ratify it in the blood. God said, now I know you love me. God said, Abraham, if you are not willing to slit the throat of your son, but you are willing to express love in a covenantal way, sacrifice, blood and death, I want to send my own son and give a demonstration of my love. I'm not going to open up the sky and do a HTML coding and program a Valentine letter to you. No, I'm not going to send balloons. I'm not going to send dairy milk chocolates. I'm not going to do something strange and give, 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 put me on a chariot and give a right to the earth. No, I'm going to demonstrate my love the covenantal way. My goodness, this shook me. This really causes me to tremble when we worship God, that God expresses love in a covenantal way through blood covenant. How can you do it through blood covenant? God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were sinners, I have our love. I was vomiting and, 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 and wreathing in my own vomit. I was kicking in the gutter of sin. I was down and out when God said, this is time to display his love for Sonny. What did God do? He did not just send his hand. He did not show his face. He did not send a prophet. He did not send a solution. He did not send a check. He said, I will love you in a covenantal way. I will send my son and the son will become sacrifice. Behold the lamb of God. Sacrifice. And he will die. He will shed his blood and he will die. God showed his love. Amazing love. The covenantal way. Why do we put the cross as our doorpost or a 
piece to decorate our house, our church, a car. And we say, Jesus loves you and put a cross. What do you mean by that? What do you mean? A man bleeding on the cross and dying and we have Jesus. You don't put an empty tomb and say, Jesus loves you. You don't put Jesus walking on the water and say, Jesus loves you. But when it comes to the cross, you say, Jesus, what do you mean by that covenant love? I love you in spite of. If anybody's sitting here and you're drifting away from Jesus, come. Reconcile yourself with God today. Don't lose out on his love no matter what you've done. Get yourself right with God because we have a God of the covenant. It's not over with you. The love of God beckons you. The love of God embraces you. It's like that lost son sitting with the pigs. He thought it was all over till he had one thought. Oh my, he's my dad. I know I messed it up, but today I'm going to pick up the pieces. Frail as I am, dirty as I am, stinking as I am. I'm going to take a few steps and drag myself to daddy's house because of the covenant in love. Amen. What a love we have that God chose to display in the highest manner, covenantal way. No wonder every time on the first Sunday when we come to church, we hold the signs of the covenant. We hold a few, a small piece of bread and wine. And what do we do? We remember Ahava love. We remember the covenant. We remember God who never forgets for a thousand generations. We say it and every time you say, this is the covenant in my blood. I love you. Oh. Chris Tomlin wrote that song, Love Ran Red. He wrote it in the blood. It is not cheap love. It's not, it's not a love that can be, that can be designed in, in, in a song, in a rhythm, in a rhyme, in a meter, in a prose, in a poetry, in a preaching. It is different love. It demands my all. Paul says, the life that I live, I live by faith. In the son of God who loved me and died, died, died for me. It should cause a shudder in you when you think about the covenant and love. That's how what is New Testament about. This is the cup of the new covenant. Do this as often as you drink. Don't forget till I come back. Look at the last line. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Not just his resurrection, because in the death is the mystery of life. In the death is where programming is happened. When God imputes his life to us, we celebrate because in the death you have the display of his covenantal love. He did not spare his own son, but he gave it to us. What a God we have. And that day, God looks at Noah and says, Noah, what I'm going to do with you is not cheap. I'm going to remember this covenant for the days to come. Abraham, descendants, because I want to display covenantal love. I'm going to bless you with descendants. The last point is rainbow. Remember God's covenant in the rainbow. Rainbow. The word rainbow in Hebrew actually means arch. Keshet. The word Keshet, if you take it, the translation is a bow. It's not a rainbow. It's just the, the archer's bow. You know, they go to the battle, the bow and the, uh, the arrow and the bow. That's, that, that's the meaning of it. It's the same meaning. In Hebrew, rainbow and bow have the similar word. There's no different word for that. 
Now watch this. Is the same that the archers use. It refers to bow and arrow. And it also refers to rainbow. Similar words. Now bow and arrow is used in the battle. Bow and arrow is used to shoot at the offender, at the enemy. But this bow is very different. Just think about this bow. This amazes me that this bow is not pointed to the earth, but this bow is pointed to heaven. This bow is very different from the usual bow and arrow. Now this bow does not have an arrow. In the museum of God's heaven, God has displayed this bow to say, it's pointed towards me and there is no arrow. Watch this, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly developing this thought. I don't judge you anymore because I've made a solution about the judgment for your sin. I'm not causing the rain to come to destroy you, but the same heavens that caused the rains, the same clouds that darkened the sky, the same flood that overthrew mankind, the same sky is going to give a different display of me, of me. My rainbow is going to speak about me. God chose that. The pointing of the rainbow, which is opposite to the earth itself, is a mystery of this rainbow. This rainbow, this bow is not shooting anybody. This bow is pointing towards God and his attribute. As we close this service, I want to underline this attribute. There are three books in the Bible where rainbow is mentioned. First one is Genesis, we saw. Second one is Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28. All around him, that is God, that is throne, the one on the throne. The description of God himself there. All around him was glowing halo. Like a rainbow. Like a rainbow. Like a rainbow shining in the clouds on a rainy day. Wow. Look, look at the description. Look at the imagination there. Rainy day, clouds, rainbow, God. Wow. Every time you see rainbow. Every time you see a rain. Let your thoughts ascend to the sky. Into the throne of God. That he sits there with the rainbow. All around him is rainbow. Shining in the clouds on a rainy day. This is what the glory, the glory of God. The ingredient of the glory of God is a rainbow. Mysterious. The dispersion of the light in million colors. God is just not white. God is million colors. Sometimes we in our small mind, we think we need to wear a white dress. We need to have white walls. Every dish must be white. God is million colors. Don't limit him to white. Everything put together, you have white. You disperse that right colorful throne. Wow. That is the glory of God. You look at Revelation, another book with the word rainbow. Revelation 4.3. And the one who sat, that is God himself. There had the appearance of jasper and ruby, red and green. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Did you know that rainbows actually circle 
because we see it from the earth, it is only a bow. <laughs> That's something I'm also learning now. The rainbow is actually a circle. We, we get to see the half of it. But there at the throne of God, at the throne of God, around his throne, there's a, there's a rainbow encircled with precious stones and all those dispersing like million colors. So you have rainbow, not just in the sky. Look through the sky, rainbow at his throne, around his throne. In fact, I just wrote this line. Rainbow is the backrest of God's throne. <laughs> As if God is leaning back his throne and there's a rainbow. No, what is the seat of God, the throne of God, when they modeled it on the earth? It is nothing but the mercy seat. God said, pattern to me, that which is in heaven, and I want you to build the ark. Uh -huh. You got that ark again? We started with the ark, now I'm closing with the ark. And I want you to build an ark. Exodus 25. And I want you to build an ark and write, I want a cover on the ark after you build it. That covering is called the mercy seat. Mercy seat, throne of God place where he lives, dwells, judges, mercy seat. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. And look at NLT there. Make the ark's cover, the place of atonement. I hope Romans 3.25 is coming to your mind right now. Make to me a covering. I want that covering on the ark. And that covering, this is the place, friends. Let me, let me just. Uh, this, this is the place. He says, I want this plate. Make me to this plate. And this plate is the covering over the ark. And in this place, I want to make atonement. And this place was also called the mercy seat. Now, what would do? The high priest would come once a year. Take the blood of, a, of, a, of a, a lamb and use his finger or his soap and sprinkle the blood here. And he would make this word called propitiation. If you have been keenly listening to what pastor said morning, propitiation here. Once the blood is spilled here, I will forgive the whole nation. I will overlook their offense. This is my plan to handle judgment. I will bypass judgment. I will pass over. I will give them love. I will give them mercy in exchange. This is the place. And then on this, I just don't want to cover. I want cherubims and both with, with all the wings furling. And I want them to make an arch. And I put a rainbow there. This is the meaning. Rainbow means love and mercy. Meet together. Judgment is taken care. Right here. At the mercy seat. Anyone who goes there and, and, and takes hold of the horn of the altar, you find mercy. Rainbow calls me to come to the mercy seat to get a glimpse of his love. Get a glimpse of the wonder of how he handled the judgment over my life and gave me a leash of life. Rainbow, mercy seat. 
What happens at the mercy seat? This is what happens. I will meet you and talk to you. Meet you and talk to you from above the atonement cover. What is the atonement cover? Mercy seat. At that place of mercy when the blood is spilt and sprinkled, that's the place I want to commune and talk and fellowship. Overarching those colors, those rainbow, that throne of God, the display of his wonder. I want to talk to you from that place. Between the gold cherubim that hover over the ark, hover, that's where the rainbow comes, hover over the ark of the covenant. There I will give you my command for the people of Israel. Wow. It's at that mercy seat, communion. It's at that mercy seat, plans and destinies revealed. It's at that mercy seat, there's that fellowship. And that mercy seat is overashed with a rainbow. This is nothing but the picture of heaven itself. Let me close with this verse. Jesus took his own blood, Hebrews 7, 8, 9, 10. He took his own blood into heaven and sprinkled the blood at that mercy seat before God so that he could make a way for us to come to him, meet with him, engage with him. And the throne of God is over us with the rainbow, covenant, promise, remembrance. Let me close with, with this verse that we started off this morning. Christ, God presented Christ as a sacrifice, covenantal love, sacrifice of atonement, mercy seat, covering, mercy covering. Through the shedding of his blood. And this Mercy is received by faith. Forgiveness is received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance, merciful restraint, deliberate restraint, he left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. That's why we are justified. That's why we have mercy. God Whenever you think about rainbow, the throne of God, the presence of God, the mercy seat, God is trying to tell you and me, I am very powerful to judge you, but I restrain myself. My mercy is too much. I restrain myself from killing you. My mercy is too much. I, 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 I don't feel like punishing you. It's so easy for me to do that. When David messed up with Bathsheba, he writes Psalm 51 and the first line says, have mercy on me, O God. Rainbow is, is beaming the mercy of God. Come to the mercy of God. Come to the throne which is encircled with the rainbow, the mercy of God. Come to the place where there is blood spilled for you. And God says, I love you the covenantal way. Come to the place where judgment is broken. Curses are broken. Yokes are broken. Bondage is broken. There is a new lease of life. Come to the rainbow of God.